Welcome to Creative Friday. Mark Danolo here, Art School MBA and CEO of Sales Globe. I want to talk about leveraging your talent to increase your return on sales investment. So how do you get more out of the current sales talent that you have or the sales talent you're going to add? So you can have people work harder. You can have them work smarter. You can try to find more sales time. We talked about the idea of sales role decontamination in a prior episode. You can have them do more things like cross-selling the product portfolio. You can even add more heads, but headcount or people is a major driver of sales capacity and return on sales investment. And while you can talk about quantity, adding people, think about increasing your quality of that headcount. That can make a huge difference because it's going to give you better results per head or per person. It's also going to take less leadership time, which is going to take from other resources like you if you're a sales leader. It's going to take less ramp time for them to get up to speed to be productive. So I want to share some ideas with you. I want to share seven points with you on understanding the talent you have and taking action. So the first thing you need to do is you need to define what top performance is. And it's not subjective. It's not something that we say, you know, Susie is a great performer and Mary's a great performer. And, you know, it's it's because they're energetic. They're always engaged. I mean, it, this has got to be something that's objective. So if you take a strategic account manager as an example, what is a top performing strategic account manager in your organization? So, to answer those questions, you have to define what performance is, and you got to develop a profile of what you're looking for. I like to look at a few different areas. So point number one, define top performance. And then point number two, you've got to actually understand what your top performer is. You've got to, you've got to see what they can accomplish from the analytical perspective. And so the litmus test is really looking at performance analytically. So you have to make sure you're looking at a level playing field, not just who produces the greatest amount of revenue because somebody could have a large account base and produce a lot of revenue, but it may not be absolute dollar performance. It may be something relative to quota. It may be revenue growth over your base of business, although that can favor higher growth markets. So for a strategic account manager, you might look at factors like performance to quota or retention of client revenue or penetration of current clients through upselling and cross-selling or client profitability. So you have to also make sure that performance is what you're paying or measuring people for as well. So if you're going to evaluate them or ask who are the great performers, you got to make sure that that's really what they're pointed toward, what they're motivated to do. So if you're paying them for one thing like total revenue, and then you start looking at profitability and saying that's top performance, they may not be pushing that. So you may be evaluating uh, a metric that nobody's really focused on. So analytics are going to give you the first cut at what a top performer is. And you want to look at usually the 90th percentile. You want to look at somewhere at that top 10% range in terms of who's really producing the results. So you've got your analytics. And then you want to look at how your top performers are regarded or look at performance ratings. Now, performance ratings are good because they balance out the analytics and, and some other factors, but they're also potentially subjective. So they're a staple of how companies evaluate people, but they also can tend to trend around the middle. So unless a manager has a particular issue with an employee, they'll usually tend to rate them in that middle of the range. It could be, you know, they're getting a three out of five, that type of thing, unless they're an absolutely stellar 
uh, employee. So managers usually will kind of go to the middle of the range. Managers also don't want to reflect badly on, on themselves, so they may rate their uh, people well, when in fact maybe they're not super high performers. But it's a good kind of stabilizing measure to check out. So it may not actually differentiate people, but it's a stabilizing measure. Number four, understand how your top performers behave. So cognitive and behavioral assessment. So I love doing this because it tends to really get into who that person is and how they behave. And using a high quality assessment tool, and I won't name any right here, but there are a number of them that that are great out there, can help you to create something that's a little bit more objective rather than subjective. So you're going to be looking at things like the characteristics associated with high performance. Those characteristics could be qualities in terms of, of how they think, how they behave. Uh, you know, you can think of things like problem solving ability or team orientation or factors that are a little bit more behavioral like that. You can also look at intellectual characteristics, and I like these as well. So you may look at somebody's problem-solving ability. You may also look at their cognitive ability in terms of their speed of thinking or their ability to leverage language or their ability to leverage uh, numbers or analytics. And it's not just, you know, how many words do they know or how quick can they do a calculation in their head, but it's how are they applying that into their job and into uh, solving the problem. So understanding how your top performers behave. And then you're going to put all that together in number five, and you're going to get your optimal performance profile for that role. So if we're talking about a strategic account manager, you match all that up and you say, okay, given the people that are the top performers, what do they look like? What do they do? How do they behave? What are their characteristics? And you're starting to build a profile for what you want to get people up to or what you want to look for in the market. So if we can identify the characteristics of our top performers, then we can start to look back at our people below that 90th percentile and say, well, how do we get them to be able to do that? Maybe we need to have them uh, do some training or some coaching or some mentoring to be able to see uh, how that top 10% actually behave and how they work so they can learn from them. So I like to, when we do the inventory, which is your next step, get into categorizing based on objective criteria. I like to break it into usually four categories. So the top is going to be your people that are ready for more. Those are going to be your clear high performance. So they're ready for the next level of development, the next challenge. Those are the people that you're going to want to model for how you want your, the rest of your organization to look. So you got your ready for more group, which is going to be your top tier. So they're strong alignment with that assessment and in terms of you know what your optimal profile is. Your next group is going to be your group to develop. So these are the people that you see the potential in, and we think we can develop them through coaching, through training, through different types of experience to get up to that ready for more group. And then the next two groups are the ones you're going to have to take some action on. So you've got your redeploy group, which means that we're going to find the right place to put them. So maybe they don't fit actually with the job, but they've got great characteristics. They've got a great cultural fit. They're driven, but maybe it's not for that job, but they might work well in another place in the organization. So we want to redeploy them, put them in a different place in the organization where they're going to be more successful. And then you got your bottom group, which is your exit group. Now you have a lot of organizations that will cut out the bottom 10% every year and trim them out. Well, 10% according to what? Well, 10% according to a lot of the characteristics that we've been talking about. So you have to move that group out. And then finally, number seven, the develop or hire question. So who can I take out of that group 
of the develop people and the ready for more people and, and, and further develop them, further move them up, and also use them to model behaviors that I can use to, to help the rest of the organization. And then with my redeploys and my exits, how can I find more of the right profile? So when you're getting into the selection process and you're bringing in people from the market, you want to look according to those characteristics. You want to incorporate those characteristics of the optimal profile into your interviewing process. And you also want to use your assessment tool, whatever you use to evaluate the organization, following your qualification steps in the interview process, you want to use that assessment tool to see what you really have in terms of characteristics or how that profile or the profile of that individual person matches your optimal profile. So what's really important here is not to get caught up in the same selection process that you've had before. And I've seen this time and time again, which is that you go, well, you know, we really like this person. I think they can learn what we do, or I think they can develop into that level and you start talking yourself into it. So don't talk yourself out of following the recommendations from your objective interviewing and assessment. So the things we rationalize now, the things that we kind of, you know, say, yeah, we can figure that out. Those are usually the things that show up later and the things that you're trying to then figure out how to work your way out of, meaning those people end up into the redeploy or the exit group. Uh, this one CEO I talked to once said, trust your gut on no, not on yes, which basically means if your gut and your assessment is telling you that's not the right person, then don't go with it because that's the thing that's going to show up later. So a few ideas to share here with you on talent inventory and finding the right talent and using talent to increase your return on sales investment. So try these in your free to Friday and every day.